Hello, everyone. Welcome to NFT Tales, our podcast about our adventures in NFT land. My name is Jonathan Smith. And I'm Jeremy Craig. And today is episode 17 of the podcast titled Dunk on Yourself. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be dunking on ourselves, talking about current events. And let, let's let's start with one dunk. Yes, my name actually is John Smith. I've had a lot of questions about that, Jeremy, as you could imagine. Yes. Um, it people is think not I'm the trying to hide. Blank entry because we don't know your name. You're not a John Doe or a John Smith. Like your name is literally John Smith. Literally John Smith. He can vouch for me. He's known for like 20 years or something like that. Like, yes, I'm a John Smith. And every uh, time I go to the post office and mail you, they're like, really? And I'm like, no, seriously, look it up. It's in the computer. I made you save it last time so that you wouldn't ask me this. And they're like, oh, John Smith, you're right. Here it is. So, yeah, let's get into it with John Smith. Let's go. All right, we like starting with current events, so you take it away, Jared. Talk about some news for you. You've had a lot of exciting stuff going on. Oh, man. So there's definitely been a lot this week. Um, you know, it's kind of a two-prong affair. We've got the nifty wallet-to-wallet um, -wallet, um, stuff that's going down, and I know cake dapes and honeys are a part of that, and I like both of those collections. It'll be nice to be able to save on the gas fees, have wall-to-wall -wall transfers without going through a smart contract. It's definitely an innovation in the space and something that OpenSea, by name, you know, is probably going to have to catch up and execute on. So we'll see what happens. That's interesting to have some shake up there. I do appreciate that. And for those that don't understand it, it basically is cutting out like the intermediary third-person wallet or the OpenSea wallet that would kind of hold the NFT and then send it to... Um, the second party's transaction, right? So it just basically is a faster, smoother transaction to go from party A to party B without an intermediary. That's it. And then what they've done is they've reached out to certain collections to get like basically verified for this thing. Because that would be the whole problem is you wouldn't want people to sell things through that kind of arrangement that, you know, and then get rugged, get scammed, that sort of thing. So that's why they've gone the extra step of reaching out to collections. And basically, I think, pre-whitelisting. I think that's what's basically going on. From what I understand, they're the one doing the the reaching out for a lot. That's why we're seeing so many collections that are launching as partner for, for this thing. So Nice. So we saw, you know, Honeys and Cake Dapes, and I was super stoked. And I actually jumped onto OpenSea and was trying to look at Cake Dapes and, and kind of see where we're at because I'm always on the Honey site. And... Okay, hold on. Hold on. That's, that's the real news item of the week. Take it yep. from the top. Tell everyone about Cake Dapes. And then Cake Tapes was nowhere to be found. So apparently they got DMCA'd by, you know, I think it's Tyler WTF or it, you know, I think that's his, his screen name. But um, basically he was either a collaborating artist up front or just a, a consultant, someone that, you know, was working with them originally. He did some Twitter spaces with them. And, and there's a three and a half inch blue floppy that they're using that is apparently proprietary and, you know, he, he served him with the cease and desist. Um, it's gotten even worse than that because um, he's he's not just saying it was an infraction upon like a couple of proprietary rights. He's saying the entire project was his idea and that he hired Cake as an artist and that it wasn't Cake's idea. Like it, I I've never seen something where someone just blatantly tries to take the credit for something. You know, it's not like you copied my project's rights and here's my project. It's 
I let you come out with the entire project. I went on Twitter spaces and said, your project is awesome. I'm glad you were able to embody some of my features of, you know, some things that I have. I can't wait for your project to do well. And then, oh, hey, your project's doing better than mine. Um, by the way, that's my project. And I'm just paying people to help make my project, but it's mine. So it, it's no longer on OpenSea. Like it, it got pulled. OpenSea's not listening. I mean, it, it started to garnish a lot of um, support, you know, through the crypto world and, and the NFT world. It's, there's a lot of interesting cross threads there. There's the fact that, you know, this was something that, you know, me and the media rights, I love media rights and something where I feel like there was maybe a derivative work. But again, as I've been saying in this podcast many times until things get worked out in court, none of these really stand up. Right. So you got to be careful about that. Um, and another thing I think to talk about there is just the fact that OpenSea has so much power currently. We are so centralized where they pull a collection. It's basically off the planet. You know, we say, saw the same thing happen with some other collections recently where they got DMCA. And that was like the big news item of the day, right? Was them getting pulled off of OpenSea. And it just shows how much control they have in the crypto space as far as where the markets are. And that's why people are looking for alternative markets to OpenSea. With that said... I do think that just being the place that lists the DMCA NFTs, I mean, like a black market of NFTs, there might be one that everyone goes to or something, but it won't get the volume of the quote-unquote legitimate players. So this will be kind of a back and forth. I don't think it's a slam dunk either way. I like the cake tapes art, so it's really disappointing that this kind of got pulled into it. I know you like that as well. Oh, yeah. You know, I like the art. And I mean, it, it's still on X2Y2. It's still on Looks Rare. So it, ironically, they only took it down from OpenSea. And that's what one of the complaints is, is that OpenSea right now being the biggest player kind of acts unilaterally as to what they seem fit because there is no precedent. So they pulled the collection without doing any research. They've been served like the emails, the you know screenshots, like the dude keeps tweeting all the the artist cake is tweeting all of this and showing what he's sending to OpenSea and there's just no response. But ironically, you know, I'm one of those people that always says it's about building a purpose, right? And it, people come together for the the weirdest of reasons. Like I've seen more support for Cake come out from this um, than I had seen previous. Like he's always active on Twitter. He's always retweeting. He's always putting up, you know, different attention to details, aspects of his artwork that people may not have noticed. And since they pulled this collection, I've seen even more. So that that's been nice. But um, that was definitely, you know, I one thing I wanted to say is that Rug Nation, no fucking Rug that runs Rug Tech, actually is making a marketplace for Cake and sending him all of the web details and whatnot and covering all the expenses for him. So that dude's a hoss, um, someone that we'll probably try to get on here in the future. But he reached out and said, this is BS, and here's what I'm going to do to help you. And apparently has a team of people at his disposal and stepped in and, and came through in the clutch. So even if they weren't already set up with that nifty stuff, they would already have another marketplace in the works. So I think uh, this kind of shows what the big news around NFTs are right now, which is that centralization aspect. Um, that's kind of the last big news item that I, at least for me that I've just been stewing on all week was the news about how MetaMask and OpenSea together pulled access for users in Iran and Venezuela. There were discussions about what that meant, how it could happen with the mm -hmm. blockchain and all this sort of thing. 
and you know maybe even ways around it i know i got more questions so at the moment i've had a lot of questions about like hardware and how to set up their people's own metamask and stuff so we can get into that but the overall news story that basically in this blockchain market people are blocked off in certain areas from not even just getting on OpenSea, but losing metamask support which is the dominant wallet definitely was eye-opening about why decentralization matters why this sort of thing needs to really be reined in i i think that going forward we have to really be careful to realize that the current web3 is very centralized and the current metamask implementation is usually running on a basically third-party service called infura that provides the blockchain data almost like a feed and there's a lot of things in this network in the eth network that rely on that particular feed and it's become a centralization point in a lot of the ways like dns servers were back in the day for internet sites you know, I still think that overall ETH has more decentralization than almost, well, I won't say almost, every other proof of st stake or smart contract blockchain. I think only Bitcoin can boast a more decentralized in, uh, environment and, and basically be people that are, are entities that are part of the network. But even in this space, it's not enough. But unlike, say, Flow, where they send you the email and then they just shut down for the day and there's not much you can do, or like you can't sell me your Top Shot outside of Top Shot site, there's no way we can hack something or whatever to get Before around. Before the Ballers market was up and we tried to make deals using Top Shot cards, my account almost got frozen and I had to explain that we were making deals through the Dapper you know, methodology that we knew how. The only way I could prescribe value was to inflate a, a low-value card in order to say, hey, we went through Dapper. There's a paper trail. It's on the blockchain. But yeah, if there's not a market, you know, there's no secondary access, right? Is that what you're getting at? Like, Well, yeah. Well, and also, if, they, if you can control the entire end-to-end, -end, then it's not really decentralized. The, the thing that makes Ethereum decentralized at the end of the day is that there are many implementations of the software on it in the stack. And I've talked about this before and how it's just how many developers are in that space. You, me, well, well, actually me right now, could get around these restrictions. I have my MetaMask tied to a local Geth node that I have running on my local uh, network. A lot of people ask me about that, you know, how to get your own node, run your own node. It's not easy. It eats a lot of hard drive space. I think currently I've had it running for a year. It's beaten a little under a terabyte. You know, I built a computer to do this because I believe in decentralization and being a node on the network and all that. But it also helps me out that I, you know, can pull that MetaMask data directly from my local node. So you can do that. You can connect to other people's nodes if you trust them. But then you got to have to have that trust factor, you know, like. So it's possible. Anyone out there right now could go devote the resources and all that to run a node. But Unless you're really in harm's way, I don't know if it's worth doing. It's more worth doing to see what's going on. And, you know, we talk, man, all the space talks about is kind of like the meme elements, like, you know, the Kevin or the Ty Lopez. Or not, and that stuff's fun. I mean, yeah, you crash the blockchain. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what's really going to carry is whenever shit hits the fan, can they take down the project? Can your wallet be seized? You know, as we talked about before, can the things you have no longer be yours? So 
you know, maybe you're not running your own node, but try to be a little bit more independent. Go send uh, NFT with my Ether wallet, you know, instead of just OpenSea all the time or something like that. Try to use other tools, you know, if you can, because you just don't want to be too dependent on one particular thing. With that said, let's take a break. And we come back, me and Jeremy are going to talk a little bit about what we're doing on the podcast this year, kind of give you all some updates for some people that listen. So. Welcome back. All right. So, John, we're going to break down, you know, some of the stuff we got going on the podcast for the guests this year. What what do we want to tell them about what we got going on this year? So thank you all very much. First of all, thank you all very much, everyone who's been listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. It For me and Jeremy, it's definitely a labor of love. It's just a way for us to make sure we stay connected and, and can, you know, this is conversations we we'd already always have. So we're just recording them as part of it. Um, we really appreciate you all coming along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Also, we're pivoting a little bit this year. Um, you know, Jeremy and myself, we're constantly trying to grow in the Web3 area. Um, I've gotten a little less into written stories, a little bit more into memes, you know, so we've been trying some comedy like we did an episode, uh, one, one back and, uh, we'll try some different things, but, uh, maybe some of the funnies, if you really want some of the funnies, come follow me at poofy hair guy, follow the podcast, Twitter or whatever. Cause I've, I've gotten more into the meme game lately. Um, memeologist. Yeah. I'm turning to quite the memeologist. It's just so nice because you got the pictures and then you have these other pictures that already have so much value. So, so I will say growing up. Anyone who knows me knows that Star Trek The Next Generation is my favorite TV show. And my favorite episode in that favorite TV show is one called Darmok. And the premise of the episode is that the captain of the ship or whatever has trouble communicating with this alien race that he runs across. Because the alien race just talks in stories. He would just say things like, <laughs> when the wall fell and all that. And no one could understand what he meant because it was just story after story. Now, at the time, in like the early 90s, whenever this came out, it was like, this is stupid. Who the heck would just talk in alien stories or whatever? And then I am just popping up memes all day where like half of the narrative or whatever is this thing that people understood because they look at it and go, oh, that's blank format. Blank format means do this thing or whatever. And so, you know, you can tell stories in many different ways. I try doing it in long written form. We'll try doing, I'm going to try to do some more memes and all that. It's a lot of fun. So, uh, that, I mean, what do they say? A picture's to... worth a thousand words. So you get a meme, you've got three or four pictures, you've got three or four thousand words, and then a couple of words on top of it. So I don't remember how long all your stories were, but some of them are what, five to seven thousand? Right. So, so, I mean, it, yeah. you put a good meme up there and you, you pretty much are banging as good as one of some of the stories when you get them. And I know you've been throwing some fire ones out there. Um, I know you, you made one on the spot for me in about five minutes and got me re-ingratiated with a fellow crypto Twitter account of mine that had just uningratiated me. So, you know, even in the heat of action, you've been coming through with some quick. fire memes. I will admit I've gotten pretty quick. I can do it in like, like a couple minutes or whatever. I can pop out a pretty good meme if I have, if I'm inspired or whatever. And so, so I we'll appreciate be putting that. some more visual stuff out there and hopefully getting some laughs. You know, I so, think we're going to so probably do some been, interviews. The interviews, get ready for those. We already got some people we're talking to lined up. Um, we've gotten good feedback on that. So we'll try to get, you know, get some people talking more, just some interesting stuff, you know, not not financial advice, just trying to bring some interesting people and conversations in front of you. It's kind of what the plan would be. So yes, we'll sir. see where that goes. You know, I'm not trying to, we're not trying to push anything. Uh, oh, and another thing that we're going to try to pivot for a little bit this year, we'll do our best to maybe slow down a little bit more like now, talk a little bit more about like what we're doing with the show, 
maybe explain some terminology and some things that we got going around the show and all that. Um, sometimes it's just hard to jump in with both your feet. There's a lot of people that have asked me, do I start on the newest episode? Do I start from the front? And really with the podcast, you just want to be able to jump in. And so we'll do our best to try to kind of lay down more and a little bit more regular about these uptake type things on the podcast. So uh, thank you all for listening. So now we're going to do something different. You ready, Jer? I'm always, well, I'm ready now. Now you're scared. Now he's scared because he knows it's coming. So in this space, everybody talks about their success. I flipped this. I 10x that. I did great, and I dunked it. But, you know, I, I I want to say that we should have humility in the space, especially whenever some numbers have been down, given greater events. You know, like, I think it's definitely a time for reflection. It's, I don't think it's a good time to make desperate moves just to make moves, you know. Um, any play you make right now is dependent on things coming back anyway, so why not just wait for things to come back? Like, I, you know, I think that you, there is a perception that goes around that you can't admit flaws and we need to break that down right now. So what me and Jeremy are going to do is for the rest of this podcast, we're going to lay out some of the biggest mistakes that we've made in our year plus of NFT craziness or whatever. And basically what we learned from those mistakes, hoping that you will not repeat them. So do you want to go first or me? Um, I'll throw one out there just to get it started because I know it, cool. it kind of will be something similar to what you did. Um, I know we shared it on one of the earlier podcasts, but I had a offer I tried to put in on OpenSea. Obviously, an offer requires wrapped ETH. So I did not know what wrapping entailed. I was able to wrap it. I made said offer. Um, the item ended up selling, obviously not to my offer. And so I wanted to transfer the money back to Coinbase and take it out and buy some Top Shot cards because I was, you know, reaching for an NFT and I wanted to go back and get a Luca or something. And so I transferred wrapped ETH to a non-custodial wallet and basically just sent 330 bucks of wrapped ETH to to the Ether world and and burned it. That's a painful one. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you called me and told me what happened, I was like, ooh. And then the lesson there obviously is. If it's not your keys, it's not, it's your, not coin. your car. Yeah. Coins. Come on. That's like the base that if anyone's new to crypto, this is what everyone says. If it's not your keys, it's not your coin. If it's on an exchange and you're sending to some other wallet to end up in your account or something, that's not something you control. Be careful what you do with it. They they like they might be like Jeremy and they might just go, No, no, thank you. We're not gonna help you or something like that, even though they probably have it or whatever, because they control that wallet. But anyway, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Like, bye bye. That's why you learn how to do control your own wallet. That's why it's mm-hmm. worth investing in a hardware wallet. Like nowadays, I've just, I just get the point. I just recommend a Nano X. Just get a Nano X. I mean, it's the easiest one. Yeah. Um. So, my turn. We'll ramp up. We won't do the biggest freaking mistakes at first. We'll do many ones. Um. Let's do one that we did together. Let's talk about the ninjas. The ninja hideout. I think that we both got excited about that. We got in for different reasons, you know, but there was this kind of like, I don't know, locker room energy around that project early on that definitely seemed like it had a lot of the elements like we saw probably, probably what we liked about it, minus a lot of the cryptads that we'd both made a pretty big moon off of. Mm -hmm. And so we got in there, we got kind of deep, 
Um, and then along the way, you had got me some through one at me that was kind of rare. And I spent too much on it. And I realized after the fact that the amount I paid was not really a value for the rarity it was. Because I went through Rarity Sniper and I found one that was even rare. Mm-hmm. And rather than quitting right there, mm-hmm. I thought to my myself, down. yeah, if I buy this other one, then that, that, oh, then I have the two rares. And then I, and that's not so bad of a deal. And so I basically talked my, and that thing went to crap. I ended up clearing out both of those for something like an eighth, if that, tenth of minor the minor in the hidden folder. So you, you at least. <laughs> At least I got some value out down. of it. Yeah. yeah, I got the gas, whatever. But, but complete bust. And I, what I learned from that one, obviously, is when you make a mistake and you go down, you don't double down. And make sure that you have a plan of how much you're going in on a project and you don't extend past that unless it really changes, unless you get into something that really makes it worth going past that point. So, okay, mine, now your turn. Put me on the spot. Let's see. So I guess I'm going to try to stay in line with what you just said. If you don't have, you know, an investment strategy, if you're not going in with a, a smooth head and or a clear mind and clear conscience and, and know what you're going to do, then you're always going to, you know, FOMO in at some point. So that what, the mistake we made there was trying to hunt rarity without a rarity sniper type tool. Obviously, now we know there's like 16 different softwares that we could have been in. Um, we were just using open C and going through and trying to find the thing that had the least number of traits and attributes. And, you know, so using the tools that are around you. Um, but I, I guess that's I would, good. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's going to be the tool, but my mistake would be, you know, not having a plan. So I got a whitelist through Llamaverse. you know, shout out to Llamaverse, Llama boost, Llama pass. Like I've been in that since the beginning. Um, and it got me the Gajira Genesis whitelist. And so I was actually one of the 333 people fortunate enough to to mint a Gajira. And I overextended at Christmas and took care of the kids and needed rent money and didn't really know enough about the Genesis project. And I sold it for a half an ether the day of Christmas. And it's now currently sitting at, you know, somewhere between 16 and 20 ether. So, um, you know, know if you're going to flip something. Obviously, if you're flipping, I had minted it for less than 0.1 and I, I sold it for 0.5. So I, I made, you know, 5x. So it's it's hard to to be upset about that. But in hindsight, had I had a plan, had I known, you know, let's wait 20 days, let's wait 30 days, let's wait until this news or this announcement comes out, I, I would have been sitting on, you know, potentially, I think at the time Ether hit was somewhere above like 33 or 34. So it, it was a 62 or $63,000 um, NFT. So it, it, not having a, a clear plan can leave money on the table inadvertently. Yeah, and that one you definitely feel like you maybe pulled the trigger too early, too, right? That yeah. was one thing that you look back and, um, but then you get on the other side of it. Okay, so that was their biggest one. <laughs> he went deep because uh, he couldn't think of something, probably. But my yeah, turn. I was like blank. Uh oh. So, probably my biggest mistake, at least learning experience, was I, for some reason, YOLO'd into a cheap crypto that was cheap at the time. Uh, I think it was like around 1.6 ETH uh, got dumped below the floor one day. And I just had enough to go for that. And I'd previously watched this project. It, it was kind of close to mint. And I'd watched this thing go from, 
below 0.8 or whatever to above. And I, I would never pretty much, I'm going to buy in on a project that's above an ETH mm-hmm. that, and then expect it to moon further. I mean, you do get those plays of the doodles or something like that, but you know, I, it just is out of the range of where I'm kind of playing money or whatever. And so, but I just really felt the project. So I get in on this and about two or three weeks like the Toad's vibe train takes off. And within about three or four weeks of me doing that, the things at something like 14 ETH. And I think I'm so freaking smart. And it was at the top of OpenSea rankings and all that. I and was super jelly. Yeah, you were super jelly. You you aped into a derivative, like DAO thing, just to get try to get a piece of the action. The whole freaking open sea thing had like they had like stack toads and all that were over in ether and all that it was just toad mania you know mm-hmm. and then once it got about 15 settled out after this media fork rise i kind of like knew i thought to myself i was like this feels like a top like there's just too much hype going on around this like this can't keep going this isn't going to flip punks or something and but i got at that point i was kind of attached to my little toad oh yeah it took me for cats. this little ride. Yeah. And, you know, I was sitting there. I was like, man, I could flip it and get a cool cat, though. Oh, man, I could flip it. Or, and I really kind of went back and forth. And I was like, nope. You know, it, I, I don't need the money right now that bad at that moment. You know, so I'm going to enjoy this on paper. And then I just watched, choo, one vibe blast got out. The, 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 the tire got stripped. And suddenly the thing crashed down. And I mean, it's gotten, I've seen it at one point as low as when I bought it again since that point. Normally it floats a little higher than that, but you know, it's, it's not anywhere above, you know, double digit ETH or double digit ETH for a while now. And I still like the project. What I ended up doing was I sold that particular toad and got a different one. So Mm -hmm. that way those memories would kind of go away of not bailing on that, but I could still be in this project that I like and, and the new one fits you really well. So, I mean, it it was a good swap. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Like that's now my PFP. Like that's my forever toad, so to speak, because I'm not going to be able to get rid of it. But the story that I learned there was that kind of like to your, you got to have a plan. Like you got to know whenever to bail and to take the exit. Like people hate in this industry about, making the sale, getting out. If you feel that you're at some sort of top, if you feel that you're going to regret not going somewhere, then you, you got to do that. I, I'll admit, I currently don't have an alpaca, alpaca bras. I, I really love that project. That's one I got in on at like 0.06 or 7 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I had one I just liked. It was really cute. And it went to the moon overneath. And... I still thought it was cute, but then they were pivoting into 3D stuff, and I just wasn't really interested. I know other people were. So I was like, you know what? That's great. It's good for other people. I'm going to move on, you know, and that sort of thing, right? But you can't hold on to everything. But, man, don't get emotionally attached to things that you can't afford to bury because you might end up on the other side of it. All right, your turn. What's what's another bad story? I've given you plenty of time to think. Yeah, and I'm just kind of adding on to that one. So, and also don't FOMO into things. If you've got a plan, you're not going to chase things. You know, there's more than one ship leaving the pier. So if you miss one, just sit out there on the pier till another one comes by. I missed the, the toads 
with you. Um, I forgot what I bought, but I know I, I burned my liquidity at the time. And so when I finally got my liquidity back, I go and buy zombie toads at 0. 0.6, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.4. Like I've got probably two ether in something that's basically toilet paper. The toad developer rugged us all and left. Now they're trying to like rebuild it. And they've got some, you know, teammates and, and mods and stuff that are doing really good work. But I chased your um, nostalgia. I was trying to live vicariously through your toad. And I should have just said, okay, I'm going to wait and pay attention. Like, I don't have to always hit on the same project you hit. So that's where that same, you know, investment strategy comes in. If you're, or it doesn't have to be investment. Like, I hate always saying investment. You're collecting strategy, right? Because if you know why you're collecting and what you're collecting it for, like, I don't collect all my top shot moments to flip. Some of them I know are going in my grail and, and they're not ever leaving. When I got Lucas Top Shot debut, I mean, it, you could offer me 10 times its current market value and I'd tell you to go fly a kite. No, I, I feel you on that. I, that's how, uh, you know, um, on your Alvin Kamara is my Kamara. Or, you know, one thing that me and Jeremy are going to do is we're going to talk about the stories of why we love certain NFTs like that. I'll, I'll definitely tell my Mooncat story. I have a Mooncat that you literally, there's not enough either on the blockchain. For, I, I wouldn't trade for it. Like, um, but you get attached to these things and it's just hard to move on. And, and someone kind of made the comment online that really stuck with me, that NFTs at some days are all about emotion. Is it the inspiration of the art? Is it the emotion of missing out? That's what derivatives are. Is it the emotions that are elected by getting that rarer one or the one that other people want or that other people can't have? What's the emotion, greed, jealousy, fear of missing out that's driving these decisions? It's not really a market for like an accountant. You know, it's not really a market for someone's going to sit there and just add up all the numbers or something like that. Because some of the best plays that I've made were ones that I just really like something like that alpaca bras and it just went to the moon or whatever time, you know. Yeah, what and was some the whitelist you got from the Uwu crew that I called you and I was like, hey, I think you got a whitelist. Like, go sign up. And you made like 1.7 Ether on that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was one of our better plays this year. So, and you know, we can now look at us. We're bragging. So, that we're trying to brag about our place. But we're trying to talk about here is that, yeah, yeah. We, it always comes back to that. See, you just, it's so hard to dunk on yourself. You want to talk why we're about to your wins just as much. I mean, yeah. But, but it's anyway. important, like you said, because every Discord thread I'm in now has a mental health section. Like everybody talks about it on Twitter. They're like, I'm taking them day for mental health. Like we all want to compete with the Joneses and, and talk about our wins, but I've got my shit stuffed in my face and, and turned around tail tucked between my legs some some days. I mean, some days you feel like I am am I done with Web three? Am I moving on? You know? Mm -hmm. Especially whenever it's been down recently, you know, you're looking for what you're you're really in it for. But that's I when you get a good meme or a good community, and it just brings it all back. That's true. That's what makes you come back to it. That, that's what Web three is about. It's, I always say that NFTs are the heart of crypto, and I, I think yeah, I that's like you feel that you know. You could do a Dumb and Dumber meme right there and be like, "Just when I thought you couldn't go and doing anything stupider, you went and totally redeemed yourself." You know, it's true. It's true. There's always a, a movie image or a, a, a still shot that everyone knows, and it has, a, you know, a, emotions attached to it already. So you don't have to lay the groundwork. You're like, well, remember the feeling you have with this photo? 
because I'm going to play on that, but I'm going to put some funny shit on top of it. You know, and that's why you're not going to, I made a comment earlier, but I was not trying to dunk on Kevin. Okay. Like, yeah, like that's actually a pretty cool thing that there's all this in joke and all of us can look at like Yoda. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's see what he's talking about is that I had Kevin open on my laptop on just Twitter. And it was like a Kevin meme that had someone posted and my son walked up and goes, dead at baby Yoda. (laughs) Shout out Finn. Yeah, so like everyone knows about uh, uh, Kevin at this point, but no, that's really cool that we have this kind of shared thing. You know, I, 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 I love that people get excited about that. It does have a value that's mimetic value. Like I'm not gonna sit there and be like, oh, to you know, any derivative shouldn't be worth blank or whatever. No, it's worth whatever people pay for it. That's the way it works. Um, in in the same kind of vein, you're not gonna see me get upset when I don't know. I put this certain projects do well that other people kind of don't want to do well, or um, let's be more specific that <laughs> I was like, drop have... a name, drop a name. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. You want to be careful. Um, but no, like you really want good people to win in the space and you're really rooting for the ones that are putting their head down, grinding every day. You know, the projects that you think are popped are the ones that there's still probably a heart driving behind it. Still someone trying to do their best to live out their dreams, you know, and it takes a lot to want to stay in the space. Like if all you're doing is playing flipponomics, I I think you're going to end up being burned on it one day. Like you have to have other reasons to stick around. And we really appreciate anyone who's listening right now, sticking around and listening to us being part of that space because y'all are part of the reason that we're in. So yep. we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to wrap up. All, All right, Jay, that was John. from the heart. Ooh, vibing. So uh, how, where can I find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Jerkdake. You can find me at Poofy Hair Guy podcast at NFT Tales podcast. Mames all the time on Twitter multiple different discords i know you spend some time in three or four of them moon cats honeys um i'm still top shotting it up um i'm excited a little bit about that i know we gotta i didn't do my normal top shot update but um locker room packs are postponed temporarily and trade-in tickets are now being used for all-star packs so 25 trade-in tickets get you an elite all-star pack so i'm super stoked about that mavs won tonight so yay yay yeah, yeah, I love I love that connection for you between the top shots and the thing, you know, like um I'm so glad, so happy that you got me in on the ballers. Um that's been a real positive thing for me. Just I love the energy around that project and so many people it's like their first PFP at that level and I just love seeing like people kind of geeking out about ooh airdrops and this and that and I'm sitting there Oh yeah, sneakers <laughs> and you know cards and it's just I'm so loving cute. It. Yep. So But all right, well, that's it, y'all. Thank y'all very much for listening. We'll be talking to y'all too. Bye now.